This morning I'd like to talk about bodily processes and mental processes. And I want to preface this discussion, this information with the reminder, which I keep giving you, that the information I offer in the mornings can be seen as something to do, but I prefer to try to offer it more in the spirit of descriptions of things that might be seen in experience. So this is information about the body and the mind. And having heard this information, it may inform your experience, but there's no need to try to do anything that I say. (laughs) Just take it in and then just let it go. You know, you don't really need to think about it or to try to do it. So these, these processes, bodily processes and mental processes, are distinct but very interrelated. And there are many processes going on, but I'm going to, to um, focus just on you know, kind of looking at these, at these as two, if we can even begin to distinguish or to recognize that bodily processes and mental processes are different. This supports us. They're easy to conflate. They're easy to um, not really be able to recognize or notice that there's a distinction between body and mind. And I think partly, uh, as it came up in, in the questions or discussion at one point, because everything that we experience in the body, we experience through the mind. The only way we know the body is because of the mind. So it's very easy to conflate these two. So I'd like to uh, tease apart some of the ways that we can begin to uh, recognize the differences. So there's the direct, just as an example, there's the direct knowing, which is a mental process, Every sense door has a consciousness associated with it, a mental consciousness. That's the way we know experience. So the body has body consciousness, the eye has eye consciousness, the ear has ear consciousness. And that body consciousness knows some very basic elemental information. It just meets bodily experience, it meets um, touch, it meets vibration, tingling, pulsing, heat, coolness, heaviness, hardness, softness, moisture, stickiness. Very kind of basic sensations. Sight meets form and color. Sound meets pitch and tone. And then the basic sense consciousness just meets that very basic kind of experience. But there is the mental process and then the, the object, essentially, the, the, the basic bare experience that is known. So there's that aspect of the body processes. 
But often we relate to the body through not those direct experiences, but the concepts we have about it. So, for example, just right now, put your attention in your hands and notice as best you can the direct experience of your hands. Coolness, warmth, vibration, pressure, pulsing, tingling. Whatever you notice, those direct sensations. And now I'd like you to open your eyes and look at your hand and think about it as a hand. For me, this relating to the hand like this removes me from those more direct experiences. I don't know if you noticed a shift, but we often can notice a distinction between the mind contacting experience more directly, the bodily sense consciousness more directly, and then contacting it through the concept of hand. So this begins to point to some of the bodily processes and mental processes. The concept is a mental process. So familiarity with these bodily processes, as we get familiar with the recognition of what the bodily experience is, helps us begin to recognize or distinguish body from mind, what bodily processes are and what mental processes are. And I'll talk more. I mean, right now I'm just going to give a few examples of ways to begin that we, that we can see this difference. And then over the coming days I'll, I'll talk in a little more depth about some of these different processes, several different mental processes that we can begin to, uh, to recognize. So a few ways that we begin to recognize this distinction, some of the most obvious ways. And again, not something to do, but just information the distinction, there's a distinction between body and mind. So there is um, a body sensation, and very often, this one's really familiar to you, a, um, a, a potentially a reactivity to that body sensation. So a burning sensation or itching sensation. We have a, you know, a sense of anger or fear or annoyance, perhaps. Body sensation is the itching or the burning. That's what body consciousness knows. The mind then responds with a mental process. It goes through several steps, but just just as a kind of a beginning recognition. The itching is different from the annoyance. The burning is different from the frustration. 
just beginning to recognize that. Then at a subtler level, we've talked about this also a little bit, the liking and not liking aspect. Again, body consciousness doesn't like or not like. It just knows body experience. It's the mind that uh, responds with liking, not liking. So again, recognizing that the itching is different than not, not liking the itching. And then at an even subtler level um, is feeling pleasant, unpleasant, neutral. Again, this is a my understanding of feeling, and this is supported in the suttas, is that the feeling is a mental process. Body consciousness, eye consciousness, ear consciousness, don't experience pleasant, unpleasant. That's a mental uh, construct. There is a distinction, as I talked about the other day, so this gets a little bit uh, confusing. (laughs) There's a distinction between feeling that arises in dependence on body consciousness, so bodily feeling, they call it sometimes, the Buddha talks about bodily feeling, so that the, the, the unpleasantness that comes if you cut yourself with a knife, you know, that is, that is at a very low level of processing um, in, the, in, the, in the mind. It's, it's, a, it's a very rudimentary form of processing in the mind. That's different from uh, seeing something like, you know, seeing a flower and then experiencing a pleasant sensation, a pleasant mental feeling around that, saying that it's pleasant to see that flower. Um, because there's no inherent... Uh, it's, it's through the concept, actually. It's through the concept of flower that we define it as pleasant or unpleasant. So I think that may be some of the distinction around what would be mental, pleasant, and unpleasant, perhaps. I'm not exactly um, sure about that. I'm just trying to work out this distinction. Um, So there is a distinction between bodily uh, feeling and mental feeling, and yet they are all all mental processes. Um, So again, body consciousness, my understanding, body consciousness contacts this elemental vibration, tingling, pulsing. Body consciousness doesn't feel pleasant or unpleasant, that's a mental process. So then there is also the assigning of a concept. So the, the uh, feeling of sensation in the body and recognizing it as knee or hand or shoulder or the looking, seeing and, and recognizing things as tree, man, woman, wall, floor, or the hearing of sound and immediately recognizing it, snap, or bird, or motorcycle, the, the sense consciousness of hearing 
doesn't know motorcycle. That comes as a process in the mind. So that you, can, you can watch these processes. It's possible to see these processes. In the process of looking at concept, at least in my experience, the easiest way that that is obvious is in the experience of hearing. You'll, you'll hear sounds and then you'll um, have some kind of mental um, activity, thought-like activity often around that sound. So a motorcycle goes by and then you see an image of a motorcycle in your mind or you hear a squirrel and your mind says, squirrel. (laughs) That's just a natural process that is the mind recognizing experience. It's a rudimentary kind of thinking in a way. So if we try to stop that kind of thinking, it's going to be painful. Because uh, it is just a natural functioning of the mind. So seeing these different processes at work, beginning to just beginning to open ourselves to these different experiences and beginning to recognize these experiences, helps us also to begin to understand cause and effect. And, and takes us into the uh, realm of understanding our body and mind is just interrelated processes. So, you know, the, the example around reactivity, you know, there's an, uh, 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 an itching sensation, and then there's an annoyance that happens in the mind. Body is conditioning mind there. Cause and effect relationship. Now the that cause and effect relationship is not deterministic and it uh, kind of depends on what your conditioning has been. I've you know, been in, in Burma and had bed bugs and um, had a lot of issues and work to deal with around bed bugs and I get a bite. Uh, some kind of a bite and then the mind it's a very quick link (laughs) to everything I might have to do if it's bed bugs (laughs) it's like okay you know there's the itch and (laughs) there's the there's the process around okay go home here's how I separate things it's amazing how quickly that happens Um, it's not it's not necessary and in fact that process that is born has been conditioned by the fact that I was in Burma and had these problems and et cetera. I mean, if I'd never, never experienced bed bugs in Burma, my mind wouldn't go down that path. So it's, it's conditioned. And I've also noticed that it's not necessary. I mean, I can just be in a place where I notice, oh, itching is happening. That's all. That's all that's happening right now. Itching. Okay. So it's not, it's not necessary for it to go down that that reactive path. But we see the condition, the condition nature, the cause and effect nature. We start to, to recognize that through noticing the distinction between body and mind. And then 
So that's body conditioning mind, and mind conditions body. We have an emotion, anger. It impacts the body. We feel pressure and heat and fullness. So mind impacts body. So seeing these relationships begins to give us a sense of our mind and body just being an unfolding flow of interacting processes, unfolding in a lawful way based on causes and conditions. And we have this process of awareness that comes in and with the, are you familiar with the Heisenberg Principle? (laughs) This scientific uh, um, recognition that when uh, you bring an observer into the system, it changes the uh, it changes the results uh, potentially changes the results of the experiment. This works to our advantage here. We bring the observer into the system, and it uh, begins to to the observer and the mind and body processes naturally want to move towards well-being. And the observer, the, the awareness, begins to really deeply understand that the kind of well-being we have sought in the past isn't the optimal kind of well-being. So it begins to educate itself. The awareness, <coughs> the observer entering the system changes the system. <coughs> 